Y'all, we live in difficult times. There's war, political unrest, the pandemic, poverty, families being torn, communities ripped by gun violence and people dying every day. Police, injustice, it's all bringing so much pain. But y'all, we can look inside our minds and we can understand who we are, become better, and do this thing like we've never done it before. But it all starts with our mental health and I know we can do it. I believe in you because I believe in me and I believe in us. Hello, my name is Gerald McGee, clinical social worker and therapist here at Everyday People Individual and Family Counseling Center. And today we're going to be continuing our discussion around grief. We're going to be talking about depression and we're going to be talking about acceptance and hope. Again, I have with me Delilah Greya, licensed professional counselor, and she's been a therapist for over 60 years. Man, talk about that intergenerational knowledge. So, how you doing today, Great, Delilah? Beautiful. You doing? So glad to be invited as always. Yeah. <laughs> I know you come with that power, that that mind, that knowledge that's oh, going to help yeah. us go to another level cuz while y'all are tripping out there, we need that intergenerational we sure knowledge cuz we wouldn't be here without it. You know what? This whole technology that we're using right now to even have this conversation was not built on some technology that was built a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. Man, this technology started being built like 100 years ago. But we don't know that. We just know the end results that we can exactly. use it right now. And by the way, y'all, I got a book coming about that stuff. So make sure when it comes out, you read it. It'll be in an electronic store or a bookstore near you. But Beautiful. we're not going to talk about that right now. That's for another later date. So, Delilah, it's good that you're doing good today. And I, I just want to ask you, what's your thoughts on the idea of the depression? I know we just talked about anger and bargaining. And it, and it feels to me that once we kind of go through some of those stages, that our bodies will actually put us in a place to become on some level depressed. Yes. Because we are trying to preserve ourselves and get through this stuff. And so we'll start to feel down, maybe not clinically depressed, but depressed. Exactly. Go ahead. Yeah, depression to me is symbolic, like it's depressed, pressed down. Mm. And so you have all these behaviors that happen. You know, in terms of losing your appetite, you can't sleep, you can't eat, you know, you're crying, you're restless, you don't know what to do, you don't feel like getting up, you know, you don't want to go to work, you don't want to talk to anybody, you isolate yourself, mm -hmm. you avoid all the kinds of, sometimes you avoid even opening your mail or mm -hmm. returning calls. It, it The depression sets in. Actually, it's weaving itself all the way through through all the steps. If you're going through the shock and you're going through the trauma, as I said, they're all related. They live in the same house. They each integrate a part of it. They're not like totally separate, mm. you know. And when you're going through depression, sometimes you have what I call delayed grief reaction mm. where you don't exactly show up 
mm-hmm. and react immediately. You know, mm-hmm. you're like withholding. And sometimes the feelings, not only do you withhold, but you avoid. Mm. You avoid talking about it. You avoid participating. As I said, the young lady avoided going to her mother's funeral. Mm-hmm. It, and it depends. And then she couldn't deal with it. You no, know, all these are the issues that come up. It's just unhealthy grief. You have good grief and you have unhealthy grief. So, and unhealthy grief is when you get stuck. Right, and right. it's rigid. You don't know what to do. Right. So with that being said, is there some level of depression in the grief process that is healthy? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. But see, to me, healthy, this is one phrase I really think that mm-hmm. works for being healthy. And that is giving honor and recognition to where you are. Okay. Because if you don't feel that you need this or you want that, then you don't. You know, and giving yourself permission Giving yourself permission to change. Gotcha. Are you ready for the change? Gotcha. 80%, 90%, or 100%. Gotcha. So, because when I think about grief and go, getting to the depression stage, I oftentimes feel as if it is a place where we begin to cleanse. We're not necessarily fighting our reality anymore. We're giving into it. And now we've come to this place where we're down. And we can begin to start to rejuvenate and truly heal. Yeah. But we have to allow ourselves to get there. Exactly. And I know it's crazy because it seems like being down is not such a good thing, but, and, and we'll do a but lot it of things. Be. It can be. Because we, and we'll do a lot of things to avoid this being down. I, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to deal with it. You know, I'm going to just go and run out with my friends, you know, have laughter, have fun and, and work do all 24 the things. hours, 24 seven, be trying to avoid feeling this depressed feeling that's actually serves as a way to help us cleanse because depression, like sadness is a transient yes. emotion, which means is is we're dealing with change. We're dealing with some type of change. Exactly. And, and, and so on some level, it is healthy for us to experience it, but for some people, it might become clinically a problem, mm-hmm. and that's when we'll need more support with it. We do. We do, yeah. And, and my question usually with all individuals or families is, are you ready for the change? Mm. And some people in that process, is not, are, they're not ready. You know, intellectually, they'll listen to you, but mm-hmm. in terms of planning, or organizing something toward the chain, it, it's, it's not happening. So, you know, mm. it's, they're not ready at times, too. I think that's important. And so when people are not ready for the change, do you think they might be in a place of maybe a deeper depression that they may need further support to yeah. be ready for that change? Yeah, right. That's where I think the unhealthy grief comes from. Gotcha, gotcha. You know, where you get stuck and you don't know what to do. Gotcha. You know? Actually, the unhealthy grief. Do you think that's more a reflection of the fact that people sometimes, we talk about this a lot, and I guess yeah. we're emphasizing this, they, they tend to want to avoid dealing with grief. So they, and I know I keep emphasizing this, so they do all these things, whether it be hanging out or relationships or working or spirituality in a way they don't actually deal with what they're going through. You know, in fact, I will say for myself and I'll speak more candidly. I know when when I lost my, uh, my best friend, two of the things I did was I got super involved in church 
and I worked a lot. Now, you look at Freudian's coping mechanism, sublimation is one of those more mm-hmm. constructive ones because it usually doesn't create any bad consequences. You know, you're volunteering, you're at church, you're doing what you do, you're working, you're making right. money. <laughs> but at the end, you're not dealing with your emotional feelings. And as a result, in the long run, some kind of way, you crash. Mm-hmm. Like you're in that car, you're driving real fast. And, I hear you. <laughs> and, you know, you, you you think you got it running 100 miles an hour and it just seems like you're going, the, the road is clear, but all of a sudden you you hit this spot and you crash because you didn't see that slick, your feelings and your emotions and your hurt and your pain on the road. You didn't see that on the road, but no, it was there. No, It, it might have been some black ice, right. but you hit it. Right. Driving and, 100 miles an hour exactly. and all of a sudden you crash. Boom. And you refuse to show your feelings. Yeah. Sometimes you transfer your feelings. Mm. Like, you know, on, on objects that you knew that the loved ones were into, you know, or just cry incessantly over and over and you can't stop. Right. But people that withhold, I call it withholding love from yourself. Mm. When you do some of the things that are not going to be healthy for you or make changes at times, you withhold love from yourself. And a lot of times, we don't want pleasure. Withholding love is mm. where you can change your life, mm. have some pleasure, do things that's going to be worthy and deserving of you. Mm. And that is not done. So there's still, as you said, avoiding feelings. Yeah, avoiding feelings. And de- yeah, de- and trying to work through the depression. Yeah, yeah, trying to work. And, and so mm-hmm. avoiding. So you can't really... Because as soon as I start feeling the depression, like, oh, I don't, I don't want to deal with that. I don't, I don't, I don't want to feel that. So on, on, on one, you know, it's just, it's so difficult, but we have to try to embrace it, walk through it, so we can then begin to move towards acceptance. Speaking of that, how, how do you see acceptance? Woo, to me, I say it like that because it's a reaction, mm-hmm. an emotional voice reaction. I think acceptance is the most challenging of it all because some people never get to acceptance. In other words, your loved one or even, even it could be a business, it could be a, a partner, it could be a friend, it could be a neighbor that you have just decided, you know what, uh, I'm not ready to really go through acceptance. What does that mean? That means that I'm okay, I can rebuild my foundation or my future. It means I can talk about it with some ease on it. It means that I'm not in pain like I used to be. It means that I can just move on. But acceptance can be very, very challenging because it basically says, you know what? I've gone through the trauma and and the reality is I'm ready to deal with the reality. The reality. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to add to that. I think when people do accept and they they deal with the how things have changed in their life it doesn't mean that they don't still have grief right feelings. Say that. good point but what i i think they have come to a place in their life where they actually are able to move through it with it being different mm-hmm. than what it was yes so it may allow them to develop new relationships or to do new things they may not try to keep and maintain the same routines they've had before. They might try to explore life and do some things differently. The feelings or emotions may not be as intense as it was before, but at times, like you described about being on the ocean shore, the tides and the waves will come in stronger. And they, and, and, and at times it will be more difficult 
but they've learned how to live with it. Yeah, because I think what happens too, don't forget the anniversary times, right? the holiday times, the birthdays, you know, when you got married, all of those are significant dates. Right, right. But yeah, and so you never get rid of really the grief of grief or all those emotional things that are connected Right. Person. Right. You never you completely know. get over those things. Yeah. You learn how to live with them. And it's a coping thing. You know, I heard this story I thought was quite interesting about a, a young man who got murdered. And when his family, after his murder, the family went on doing the things they were doing and trying to, they went through the grief process. Um, but they wasn't as engaged with their friends and family as they were before. And at one point, some of their friends came to him and said, look, you know what? You guys have been through the stages of grief. You should be at acceptance oh. right now. And their response was, don't you think we've accepted this? We've had to live our lives and do everything we've had to do and try to embrace this difference. Don't you think we've accepted this? We're trying to create a new future, a new, a, a, a new present life experience. And even in that, it's still painful at times. Oh, yeah, it is. And and it can happen at any time. Exactly. You know, you could be driving. I mean, personally, I remember driving mm -hmm. and I had to be at this appointment, even though it was announced on TV that you shouldn't go out because mm -hmm. the snow is so bad and so deep. Mm -hmm. But I knew I had to be at this place because it was a contract. Right, right. So I'm right. going down Fairhill. I'm driving down Fairhill. And all of a sudden, I felt my mom uh, and... It was like I could just feel her so strong. I started crying, mm. and I kept crying so hard and so overwhelming at that time. Uh, I said to myself, "D, you can't even see with the windshield wipers going because you're crying so much. The windshield wipers were going, and I still couldn't see. And then I said, I had to talk to myself. I said, uh, wait till you get at the end of the hill park and then cry mm -mm. you know so it's it, it can be like a, as i say like a tsunami sometimes the ocean is ebbed it's low and then other times it just rushes in mm. so and even you could be in acceptance mm. it doesn't always mean that you're in control emotionally and psychologically or even socially 100 percent. so would it be fair to say acceptance is a place that we learn how to maybe regulate our feelings of grief better. We, we figure out how to create new routines, new life experiences. Right. But we still have the feelings related to the loss, but they don't dictate our life experience as much as they would when things first happen. Yeah, I like that. I like the way you said that. It, yeah, it, absolutely. And, and, and so now we can talk about the memories we can talk about the experience um you know the i love holidays, the, the holidays we can talk about those things yeah. more and and um when boys and men talked about it being so hard to say goodbye to yesterday mm -hmm. but then they go on to say i'll take with me <laughs> right. the memories yeah you know uh yeah. um, you know and, yeah, and say that i'll That's take with great. me the memories and bring back sunshine <laughs> right after the rain, rain. yeah 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 and so when we get to that po point you know sometimes I, I feel like the people i know in my own life that i've lost that i was close to you know i always feel like they're with me they're yeah. part of me yeah they, 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 spiritually they, they, in they, spirit they yeah. call it 
So when, when I talk about my friend and, and when I did my introduction to grief and I, I feel like a lot of what I'm doing right now is stuff that he wanted. Not that it's not what I wanted, but I feel like, like he's with me in it like all the time. Right. And, right. and so kind of guiding me like a guardian angel, but, but just embracing that new type of connection with, uh, my my loved ones and, and appreciating that. And even I can look at the picture sometimes and I feel that pain because that physical body is not here anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting because, you, you know, we can have dreams mm-hmm. and w- we can connect or run into people that they knew, and, mm-hmm. you know, and have different relationships with. I had what I felt, I'll share a very unusual, unique relationship. I, I'm from Pittsburgh. I was visiting my aunt. And I heard the phone ring. It was like five o'clock in the morning. But something in in my intuition basically said, oh, it's okay. It's five o'clock. It's nothing dangerous. Nothing happened to anyone. And it was my daughter. Mm. And she told me this incredible story of how she got engaged and how her fiance had given her three boxes. And I don't remember how she said it, but it was more like one box said, about love and one was about God and one was about, would you marry me or something? Anyway, Mm -hmm. that was her call at five o'clock in the morning. Mm. And when I got home two days later, I'm in the room where my mom used to sleep Mm -hmm. and cause she had made her transition and I'm in the room and we don't have a remote, but the TV came on, Mm -hmm. you know, this might sound weird to a lot of people, Mm -hmm. but the TV came on. And it was Martha Stewart. Mm. And they said, oh, she said, well, today we're going to talk about engagements. Mm. And, and I turned, I turned over and I turned my back to the TV and then the TV went out. Mm. Yeah. So that was really for me, real deep experience. Real deep. You know, and you know, we have these odd things that happen to us, you know, and And that's cultural. It depends on culture. Yeah. You know, yeah. We have these odd things that happen to us you know, um, that, that help us, you know, I think about hope and I also mm. think about the Sankofa bird. Yes. Um, it's the a bird of passage, right? Yes. And in many African cultures, they believe that when we pass on that a great Sankofa bird comes and takes us and flies away with us mm-hmm. and take us, takes us back to the ancestry yes. shores. And I feel that gives us hope. I feel like many of our spiritual ideas and beliefs gives us hope. And I think when we come to some, some, some acceptance of what we've lost, we can then move on and look at life and have more optimism about what's in our future. And I think hope provides us with a place to do that. You know, hope is such a powerful thing. It is. It really is. It's a powerful thing because so many people, have been counted out or have have been have had situations in their life where they were they didn't see what was going to happen next but because they had hope they was able to find a way when all the calculations and probabilities Mm -hmm. said that nothing else good could happen here yeah hold on you know uh when i used to work this janitor we 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 got to be good friends and we talk like you know we're talking Mm -hmm. and uh Every day he, when I'd visit, he'd look at the clock and he'd say, oh, uh, yeah, I'm, go- I'm not going to let anybody steal my jewel. Right, right. And so one of the things that I even learned from him, in, in essence of what you're saying, 
is that not to allow people to steal our joy. Because you might have one belief and the other person has another belief. Or they might say, well, you should be through as we're talking. Mm -hmm. You should be through as far as the mourning, bereavement, and grief. You can't put a calendar on it. Yeah, exactly. And you can't give anyone a date. Right, right. You know, and exactly. I, this whole thing with the queen in London, every everyone wore black, mm -hmm. and you had ten days to grieve. Mm, everyone. Sometimes it's specific in Italy, certain places, mm. whereas in Africa we celebrated more. Mm. So it depends. Gotcha. You know what? That, what you just said, brought on another question, but I don't want to bring that question up in this episode because we were just talking about hope and grief. And I want to thank you. Is there anything else you want to add? No, I'm glad. We can do it on the next session. Yeah. Thank you, Delilah. And I just want to say to everyone, we've thank been you. talking about grief. We've talked about all the stages. We've talked about the shock, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the acceptance, the hope. hope. And we want you all to have hope yeah. that when you experience grief, you can get through it. Your grief process may not necessarily be in a linear order. They may be all smashed together or maybe far apart. But however you experience yes, it, allow yourself that. to go through your grief journey. Because no one really understands the time it takes one to grieve but the griever. So to the griever, grieve in your Excellent. own journey. So you can find your own peace and hope in accepting the losses that occur in your life. Excellent. Delilah, want to add anything else to that? No, not really. Not really. I just love the point where you said it can happen at any time. You don't go through the steps, you know, in, in a sequence order. You, some of them you, you might not even experience. It depends on the relationship with the person, you yeah. know, that is the loss that you have. But I think it was great to say it that way because you can start at the other end and then go. It, they can all mesh together. Yeah. And, and Delilah, I want to thank you again for being here with me with, for this intergenerational dialogue and discussion around grief. I appreciate you. I, I, appreciate I love your wisdom and guidance in doing all of this. Is this our last one on grief? I want this is our last one on grief. Okay, so I want to say this, that I met, I, I, I referred people to Gerald for four or five years and never met him. And I looked him up because I, we're both on psychology today. And so I looked him up and I just liked the vibration from a picture. And so I kept referring. Then how did I talk to him? One day this, uh, cup, this lady and her son was in my office and she wanted to call him because her son had been visiting, had been seeing him for therapy. So I got a chance to talk. A whole nother year or so passed. And then somehow I'm trying to figure how we really didn't get together. <laughs> I, I don't even know. Oh, we just talked. I think, oh, because I was passing on some of all these papers that I have in terms of academic and information on psychology. And I called him and asked him if he needed any, uh, would he like to look at some of the uh, handouts that I have because I, usually give handouts. That's how we got together. Yeah. And then we just got See, start talking. The importance of all that time, knowledge. all that time, you. all that time. I and, want to share that. And you know what? I took the information. I embraced it and <laughs> it's helped me in abundance. 
So y'all don't sleep on that intergenerational knowledge. I can't <laughs> emphasize that enough. It's an important part of our life. You know, so many things that we've been struggling with. We talk about the pandemic and how that impacted us, but we realize it happened like a hundred years ago. You know, my grandfather was around during the time that the first pandemic occurred in America. And so many of the stories if we would embrace those stories and understand mm. how they thought and felt at that time, yeah. it could help us better manage our current experience. Because oftentimes we think what we experience and what we are feeling is just about something that's, that's today. We err majorly because in most cases, when it comes to the human experience, it has already happened been felt before. So embrace the people around you that might be able to provide you information around the past. It will guide your future. Thank you. And don't forget to go down to that drop box. <laughs> don't forget to like us and subscribe. Thank you. See you next time.